Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us the privilege of life. We thank you, Father, for giving us an opportunity again where we can have an in-depth study of your word and where we can have an acquaintance with God that we may be at peace. We know that it's your desire for us to attain unto the knowledge the excellency of the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, we invite you to our presence now as we study in the person of your Holy Spirit. Please descend upon us and help us to behold wondrous things out of your law for Christ's sake and give us understanding. Especially, I pray, put your words in my mouth that I may convey the truth to your children, heirs of salvation, that they may be blessed by what they hear. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him, January 11, a star of hope. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. John chapter 1 verse 29. To fallen man was revealed the plan of infinite sacrifice through which salvation was to be provided. Nothing but the death of God's dear Son could expiate man's sin. And Adam marveled at the goodness of God in providing such a ransom for the sinner. Through the love of God, a star of hope illumined the terrible future that spreads before the transgressor. Through the institution of the typical system of sacrifice and offering, the death of Christ was ever to be kept before guilty man, that he might better comprehend the nature of sin, the results of transgression, and the merit of the divine offering. Had there been no sin, man would never have known death. But in the innocent offering slain by his own hand, he beheld the fruits of sin, the death of the Son of God in his behalf. He sees the immutable character of the law he has transgressed and confesses his sin. He relies upon the merits of the Lamb of God. In becoming man's substitute, in bearing the curse which should fall upon man, Christ has pledged himself in behalf of the race to maintain the sacred and exalted honor of his Father's law. God has given the world into the hands of Christ that he may completely vindicate the binding claims of the law and make manifest the holiness of every principle. The sacrifice of beasts shadowed forth the sinless offering of God's dear Son and pointed forward to his death upon the cross. But at the crucifixion, type met antitype, and the typical system there ceased. The Son of God is the center of the great plan of redemption, which covers all dispensations. He is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Revelation chapter 13 verse 8. He is the Redeemer of the fallen sons and daughters of Adam, and in all ages of human probation, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Star of Hope. Continuing from where we left off, looking at what God did 
after man sinned, which was that he put enmity between man and Satan so that he could restore the power of choice back to man and elevate man back to what he ought to be before sin. And in order for man to understand the enormity of sin and to understand the plan of salvation, God did something. In the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 20 and 21 it says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. Where did coats of skins come from? An animal had to die. And we know that it's a lamb that had to die. Like we read in That I May Know Him, page 17, paragraph 2, it says, Through the institution of the typical system of sacrifice and offering, the death of Christ was ever to be kept before guilty man, that he might better comprehend the nature of sin, the results of transgression, and the merit of the divine offering. End of quote. And that day, God instituted something that we would later call the sanctuary system or the typical services. In Psalm 77 verse 13, we are told, Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. What does it mean for God's way to be in the sanctuary is the way of salvation that is being referred to. How God was going to restore man back to his state of sinlessness. There was a system of sacrifices under the sanctuary that was instituted to educate man on the plan of salvation. Reading from Amazing Grace, page 360, paragraph 2, we are told, The Garden of Eden remained upon the earth long after man had become an outcast from its pleasant parts. The fallen race were long permitted to gaze upon the home of innocence, their entrance barred only by the watching angels. At the cherubim-guarded gate of paradise, the divine glory was revealed. Hither came Adam and his sons to worship God. Here they renewed their vows of obedience to that law, the transgression of which had banished them from Eden. End of quote. So, there was already a system that God instituted that he taught Adam. The sacrificial system. And that is why in the book of Genesis 4, we see the earliest time, just in the earliest time, the sons of Adam, Abel and Cain, making sacrifices. It says there in Genesis 4, reading from verse 3, And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and an offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wrought, and his countenance fell. Now, the point I'm trying to make here is not to talk about why God did not accept Cain's sacrifice, but to show that the system of making sacrifices to God was not necessarily something that came in the days of Moses. From the day Adam sinned, there was a lamb that was slain. That lamb would have been slain by Adam himself to teach him the consequences of sin. That sin was going to lead to the death of God's dear son, of his Messiah, of the I am that I am, of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the eternal God. And in the system like we read earlier in that time, in know him, page 17, paragraph 2, through this institution, what is the institution? Constantly making sacrifices to God for sin slaying of the lambs and taking the blood and burning the offering to God, taking that life of that lamb. It was a strange thing to Adam 
Adam had never known what death was. But he was the person who killed the first creature ever created by God. Since God ever made anything from heaven down to earth, all the angels, all the creatures of every world, including the earth, not one had ever dropped a blood, not one had ever died. The first person to kill and to murder any of God's creatures was who? Adam himself. But the slaying of the lamb, though very, very painful to Adam, is nothing compared to the real consequence of his sin, which is actually the death of the eternal father himself, of Jesus Christ. But the slaying of the lamb, just put yourself in Adam's shoes. For now, we who are in this dispensation will look at it as a small matter. We've seen so much movies of death, death, death everywhere. So death doesn't have so much power on us as it did on someone like Adam, as innocent as he was, who was seeing it for the first time, not just seeing it with his eyes, but he had to be the one that actually killed that first lamb. And after that, he taught his children to do so. So we see there that Cain and Abel were also making sacrifices. And God's people all through the years, those who believe in the coming Messiah, those who are humble children of God, who are not rebellious, they always came to Eden, at least before the flood, where Eden was, at the gates of Eden. That was their sanctuary and they made a sacrifice there. It was a normal thing for the children of God. Of course, Cain, you could see, was the first rebel. He did not do that. And you can tell that all his lineage and his children who were rebellious towards God, they stopped doing it. But all those children of Seth, and you can read it in Genesis 5, the children of Seth who were faithful, they continued to make these sacrifices. In Genesis 8, after the flood, we see what happened. When Noah was permitted to come out of the ark, it says in verse 20, And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast, and of every, of, of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savour, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. So here we see that as early as then, you see this, I'm just trying to show the process. First of all, Adam, then we see Abel, then we see Noah. Who taught Noah? His father. Who taught Noah's father? Noah's grandfather. And goes on and on till Adam. Adam taught all faithful people this institution of the system of typical sacrifices. And they understood why they were doing it. It was because they were looking forward to the star of hope, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. After the days of Noah, in the book of Genesis chapter 12, reading from verse 6 and verse 7, we see there Abraham doing the same thing. Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Sichem, unto the plain of Moreh, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Of course, you know when he says he built an altar, that means he made sacrifices. Genesis 13, verse 17 and 18, we see once again, Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Genesis 26, verse 24 and 25, he builded an altar unto the Lord there and called the name of the Lord and pitched his tent. And there, it says, this is concerning Isaac now. Concerning Isaac, it says that Isaac built an altar there 
and digged a well. Genesis 33 verse 18, Jacob came to Shalem, a city of Shechem. He pitched his tent, built an altar there. In Genesis 35, reading from verse 1 downward, you see also God telling Jacob, go and build an altar. And in verse 7, he built an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. In Genesis 33, also verse 19 and 20, talking about Jacob also, it says he erected there an altar and called it Elohim Israel. So this system of making sacrifices, we see all the patriarchs, that all that's from Adam to Noah. Then we see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they all did it and the children of Jacob too. Then when God called Moses, when they had escaped Egypt, in the book of Exodus 17 verse 14 and 15, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial. This was after they had fought the Amalekites. And, it, and Moses wrote it. And in verse 15 it says, And Moses built an altar called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. So this shows us that this system of sacrifices was something that all the patriarchs did in the belief that there was a star of hope that the Messiah would come someday to die for the sins of men. Now, why was it necessary for them to keep slaying these lambs? They believed that the lambs were pointing to the death of Jesus. Why was it necessary for Jesus to die? We know that the word of God says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That's Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Hebrews 9 verse 22 also tells us, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no remission remission of what remission of sin in other words unless blood is shed sins cannot be atoned for you see this is what we talked about when we talked about a deep and not superficial understanding of the word of god i remember when we read that it said that one of the things that we will notice when we take a look at the bible deeply not superficially it told us here is revealed how mercy and truth have met together at the cross of calvary how righteousness and peace have kissed each other how the righteousness of christ may be imparted to fallen man god does not forgive sins or make bring righteousness to man by merely saying thou art forgiven no there is a sacrifice that must be made after the sin of man, the all-powerful God does not take away sin just by merely wishing it away or speaking it away. Sin has great consequences and it requires the death of the sinner. Life must be taken, blood must be shed. And that is why the gift of God, like I said in Romans 6 verse 23, is eternal life. But the wages of sin is death. So why is there the shedding of blood? Because the life must be taken for sin to be atoned for. Leviticus 17 verse 10 tells us why blood is shed. It says, And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or the strangers that sojourn among you that eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul remember we just read altar 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 abraham built an altar isaac built an altar jacob built an altar abel built an altar noah built an altar 
Adam was always also sacrificing on an altar. Why? That the on the altar, blood is what makes an atonement upon the altar. And that is why without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Why? It is the blood that makes it an atonement. Verse 14 then says, For it is the life of all flesh, the blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall eat the blood of no man of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood. Therefore whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. Remember that the wages of sin is death. And what is death? The taking of life. That is what death is, to take life. And since blood is the life, so it is the blood that is taken. When the animal is slain, it is not the eyes, it is not the brain, it is not the hands, it is not the legs, it is not the other organs inside the body. Neither is it the thighs or the backbone or any skeleton that is taken. What is taken from the animal is what? The blood because that is the life and it is common sense when we take away anybody's blood what happens to them they die you cannot survive without blood blood is the life and the wages of sin is the taking of life which is death and that is why god was teaching a lesson till the coming of the savior there was need for man to continue in this system of the typical services of the slaying of lambs on the altar ordained by god why? So that it can remind him of the enormity and consequences of sin. And secondly, so that he can exercise faith in the Messiah to come. Because many people died without the Messiah. But then, God gave them a system that even though the Messiah did not come in their time, they did something that showed that they believed in the Messiah. They were looking forward to the Messiah. We now, who are living in a time when the Messiah has already come, we look back to the sacrifice that was made on Calvary. And exercising faith on that sacrifice, we can get life and forgiveness of sins. And they, by the act of slaying the lamb on, and taking the blood, burning the lamb on the altar, they were exercising faith in the coming Savior that they believed in him for the pardon of sins, for the remission of sins, for the washing of their lives and for the getting of eternal life. God instituted this to teach the people of God a lesson. And we have other sacrifices that were made like the Passover which taught them a very important lesson. The Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. It was not until a lamb was slain because when Israel was in Egypt, they were in bondage. And that bondage for us, though we are not in Egypt, we are in the bondage of sin if we are living in sin because the Bible says that whosoever committed sin is a servant to sin. That's what Jesus says. As far as we are committing sin, we are slaves to Satan and to sin. But we need to be delivered just as much as Israel needed, needed to be delivered from Egypt. But when the Lord, the I Am, came to deliver them, what did he do? He said, surely Pharaoh shall not let them go, no, but with a mighty hand. And God showed great signs. Ten plagues came of different kinds. What has done to blood, boils came on the animals, there was frogs in the land, there was lice, there was a hailstone, there was darkness, all kinds of wonders that was very sore for the Egyptians. But none of these things were able to allow Pharaoh's heart to change. So also with the devil. 
the devil will not let go any soul that he has held in captivity why he will debate his cause the accuser of the brethren will say no way the wages of sin is death and you O god are a righteous god you are a just god therefore the sinner must die you cannot say one thing and do another for your law which you said is righteous your law which you said is good demands the life of a sinner you have even told me that i'm a rebel and i'm going to die because i sinned man must also die like me what are you going to do about it and what did god do instead of allowing man to die he came down to this earth to die satan held man in prison that there was no hope for man but the star of hope arrived so also pharaoh held the israelites back all the signs and wonders that god did the great i am did not one of those signs was able to allow pharaoh to let israel go but the i am did something powerful on one day he said to moses tell the children of israel to take a lamb slay that lamb take the blood put it on the doorposts and on the sides too and on the lintel and anybody who does not do that when my angel passes over if you don't have that blood on your doorpost the firstborn son of that family will die and so it happened that the israelites and all those who exercised faith in that lamb this was no mighty sign like those um hailstones that will make you to wonder it was even mightier it was a mightier sign though very solemn but yet is mightier than all the other signs that by exercising the faith to slay that lamb take the blood of that lamb and put it on the doorpost people were delivered it was not until the lamb was slain that the israelites were let go they were set free pharaoh only let go when the lamb died and so also the devil will not let man to be released from his captivity unless the penalty is paid unless the life of a sinless man is gone and not an angel but a man and that is why the i am had to come in form of a man because life must be exchanged for an equal kind of life man's life for man's life not angel's life for man's life it must be a man he must reduce himself to be in the form of a man he's not going to cheat in the form of an angel or in the form of god and die like that because he must live the life show an example to the people give them hope it was the lamb that gave israel hope and set them free from the captivity of egypt and it is the same lamb that is our star of hope our lord jesus christ he is the one that gives us freedom from sin that restores us back to the original plan of god to be restored in the image and likeness of god speaking of jesus's work as our messiah in the book desire of ages page 52 paragraph 3 we are told the shekinah had departed from the sanctuary but in the child of bethlehem was veiled the glory before which angels bow this unconscious babe was the promised seed to whom the first altar at the gate of eden pointed do you hear that this unconscious baby that's jesus christ when he was born was the promised seed do you remember god said to eve i will put enmity between the serpent seed and your seed jesus was that seed it says here in desire of ages page 52 paragraph 3 this unconscious babe was the promised seed to whom the first altar at the gate of eden pointed like i said there was an altar the first one made 
that by Adam there where he was making his own sacrifices made by the instruction of God the system that Adam was following at that time he says this was Shiloh the peace giver it was he who declared himself to Moses as the I am it was he who in the pillar of cloud and of fire had been the guide of Israel this was he whom seers had long foretold he was the desire of all nations the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star the name of that helpless little babe inscribed in the role of Israel declaring him our brother was the hope of fallen humanity the child for whom the redemption money had been paid was he who was to pay the ransom for the sins of the whole world he was the true high priest over the house of God the head of an unchangeable priesthood the intercessor at the right hand of the majesty on high Hebrews 10 verse 21 7 verse 24 and 1 verse 3 end of quote amen so like I've been saying the I am he is the one that died for us and it is he that all the sacrifices of lambs was pointing to from the days that Adam sinned till the day that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, it brought an end to the slaying of lambs. There was no need for it again because the typical service of slaying of lambs had lost its value because the antitypical lamb, which is Jesus Christ, had come. So there was no need for it anymore. And by the death of Jesus, man became free. Do you notice that before the death of Jesus, there was no such thing as resurrection to eternal life? Enoch never died. Elijah never died. Moses was supposed to have the same experience, if not that he sinned against God. But yet, God used him as an example. He died and the Lord resurrected him. He's the only one. No other person was resurrected to eternal life. Just in case you are getting me wrong, I didn't say nobody was resurrected to life. Elijah resurrected a boy to life. A dead man was dropped in the, co in the, in the grave of Elisha and he resurrected to life. But not to eternal life because they will die again. But when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, amen, do you know what happened that day? When he died, the Bible tells us that something important happened to show us that he had done a work that had set free the captives of Satan. When we read the book of Matthew chapter 27 verse 50, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Amen. Many bodies resurrected that day. Why? These ones resurrected to eternal life. They went with Jesus to heaven. These were not saints that died and then that, that resurrected and then died again. No. To show that the death of Jesus sets man free from the prison of the grave, from the captivity of Satan. When Jesus resurrected, with him were resurrected many saints. Reading from Signs of the Times, September 30, 1903. Or you can find it in Bible Commentary, Volume 7. Page 952, paragraph 7, it says, What right had Christ to take the captives out of the enemy's hands? 
the right of having made a sacrifice that satisfies the principles of justice by which the kingdom of heaven is governed. He came to this earth as the redeemer of the lost race, to conquer the wily foe, and by his steadfast allegiance to right, to save all who accept him as their savior. On the cross of Calvary, he paid the redemption price of the race, and thus he gained the right to take the captives from the grasp of the great deceiver who by a lie framed against the government of God caused the fall of man and thus forfeited all claim to be called a loyal subject of God's glorious everlasting kingdom. End of quote. Amen. This was the right Jesus had. Satan is known as the captive, the one who did not let those in his prison to ever escape. We studied about him recently, talking about Lucifer in the book of Isaiah 14, when we read from verse 12, when he says, How thou fallen, O Lucifer, thou son of the morning, and all of that. When you go down to verse 15, talking to Lucifer, he says, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look at thee and consider thee, saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? That is the question. What who are the prisoners? Those who are sinful. Even though they died believing in Jesus, he still kept them prisoners because the price had not been paid. But once the price was paid on the cross of Calvary, he could not hold them back. Death could not hold Jesus back anymore. Death could not hold the saints who believed in Jesus anymore. And some of them were resurrected. And in the last day, God will come and resurrect all who have ever believed in him. Reading from Review and Herald, June 20, 1893, talking about Satan's claims to keep people captives. It says, Satan, the rebel apostate, works by every possible device to defeat the purpose of God. Because men have sinned, he claims that they have come under his dominion and that the heavenly angels that excel in strength should not take his subject from under his control. Should men receive divine power, he knows that he cannot prevail against them and walk his will in cruelty upon body and mind. Therefore, he accuses them before God and claims that the power of God should not be imparted to them." End of quote. And why is he claiming that they are sinful? Never impart your power to them. But Jesus has died and Jesus will not listen to his plea, saying that God should not impart power to man. Amen. We thank the Lord for his sacrifice made, the star of hope has been given to us and we thank God for what he has done in delivering us through the star of hope our Lord Jesus Christ. It says from what we read in our devotion for today in Acts chapter 4 verse 12 neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Amen. And the whole world needs to understand this. Jesus Christ is not the Messiah for Christians alone. He's the Messiah for everybody. What sacrifice does the rest of the world who do not believe in Jesus have to give for their sins? Man needs to understand that he is a sinner under the law of a just and holy God, the creator of heaven and earth. But the same God who made that law has made provision so that he doesn't have to take our lives, so that the penalty of sin doesn't need to be visited upon us. He made the law and the consequences of it. He is the one who put it in place that the wages of sin is death. 
but then he doesn't want to have to inflict that penalty on any man, be you a Christian or not a Christian. Therefore, he has instituted a very easy way to go about it. Believe in Jesus as your Messiah and believe that he takes your place, that instead of you dying for your sins, Jesus has died for you. Believe in him. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But some are stubborn. They refuse to believe. They don't want anything to do with Jesus, the star of hope. To you who are wondering, what shall I do? I am a sinner. Even if you don't know the God of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth, your conscience tells you that you are a sinner. Under who are you a sinner? There is a God in heaven. And you need a savior because the wages of sin is death. And that savior is Jesus. Because if you want to take pay for your sins it means that your life will be taken but the lord himself who made the lord the lord giver himself is your savior has rather taken the punishment upon himself isaiah 53 tells us in verse 10 that it pleased the lord to lay upon him our iniquities when you read isaiah 53 verse 10 it says yet it pleased the lord to bruise him he had put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin believe in the lord not only to take upon himself your sins and take, take your place instead of you dying and then he dies, but also believe in him as one who can give you power to live above sin because that is the hope we need. It is not for somebody to die for us and we are still in the bondage of sin. No, he came to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. And if the works of the devil is destroyed in us, he will give us power to live above sin. He will give us power not to fall into sin. 1 John 3 verse 9 and 10 Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin for his seed which is Jesus Christ remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. God has sent the star of hope in Jesus Christ as our substitute and as our grace and our example and our power to live above sin. Receive the star of hope today and get freedom from sin pardon from you from for all your transgressions and grant you and be granted repentance may the lord bless us with this star of hope let us pray thank you dear lord for giving us your son to die on the cross of calvary for our sins what a grievous thing sin is to require the death of the i am forgive us father for our sins we often fall, even though we know these things, that sin is grievous. Yet, we have not yet hated it like we should. We still love it. Lord, help us to love you more. Help, O oh Lord, that we will be moved and our hearts will be touched by the infinite sacrifice made by our Lord Jesus. And by the goodness of God, we will be led to repentance. Help us to embrace the sacrifice that has been made for us on the cross. And as we embrace it, power will be given to us that we will be sons of God and as your word said that the seed of God will remain in us so that we cannot sin because we are born of God may this be our experience in Jesus name I've prayed Amen
This message was brought to you by the Angel with a Strong Voice, a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for His imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org. That is www.tawasv.org or contact info at tawas.org.